Hey guys, this is Rita. You're about to listen to the first episode from our new podcast series, Bridgerton Fancast. Give it a listen, and if you're interested, then please, please subscribe to us. We are Bridgerton Fancast, and we're up on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the very first Bridgerton fancast. (coughs) We're a podcast created by two fangirls to discuss the sizzling, sizzling hot Netflix show Bridgerton. Before we begin, let us introduce ourselves to any new listeners. Uh, My name is Michelle. I live in the States. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Musings. That's Musings with three M's. I know it's weird, but hey. I live in England. I tweet and Instagram at Rita Bites, spelt how it sounds. (laughs) Each week, we are going to be bringing you a little recap and discussion of each episode of the show. One at a time. (gasps) So if you're one of the few people who haven't binged it all in one go, do not worry. This will be a spoiler-free podcast. But even if you did binge it, I think it's going to be worthwhile going back and watching it along with us and taking a bit of a closer inspection of the show's themes and storylines. But before we begin, I think we need to discuss a little bit about our different perspectives. Uh, Michelle, I know you had never heard of this before. (laughs) I foisted it upon you. And for basically for the past year, I've been going, oh, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. And you've... (laughs) Every time been like, what? What's what are, going on? What, what are you talking about? Huh? <laughs> You've never heard of this before. Nah. So you're a sweet, innocent summer child coming in with no <laughs> knowledge of what to expect. Um, right. I, however, am a long time, long suffering Bridgerton fan girl. <laughs> um, I've been a historical romance reader for most of my adult life now. <laughs> oh, I feel so old. Uh, this Julia Quinn series came out in the very early 2000s, which is when I read them. And now think back to what the early 2000s were like, dear listener. I mean, <sighs> the Iraq war was going to be over in a few mm-hmm. months. Britney Spears was right. not a girl, not yet a woman. <laughs> and people were still into friends. <laughs> like, it was a very different time. Um, oh so God. I think together we will provide a really well-rounded view of the TV adaptation that's not just tinged by my nostalgia. Because, you know, <laughs> ultimately the show has to satisfy the book readers like me mm-hmm. and the people new to the series like you. Yes, yes. So... <laughs> The first episode is titled Diamond of the First Water and was written by showrunner Chris Van Dus and directed by Julianne Robinson. A woman. (laughs) Here is a quick recap to remind ourselves of what went down in this jam-packed episode. And it really was jam-packed. What didn't happen? I know. We began in London, 1813, at the start of the social season, the Featherington girls, Philippa, Prudence and Penelope, and across the street, our protagonist, Miss Daphne Bridgerton, are all preparing to be presented at court. Now, upon seeing Daphne for the first time, Queen Charlotte, j'adore, <laughs> uh, declares her to be, in the words of Beyonce, hashtag flawless. Yes. Now, securing royal approval is a huge coup de grace for Daphne and means she's now expected to score big on the marriage mart. No pressure. None at all. None at all. Meanwhile, there is a new scandal sheet in town. Lady Whistledown's society papers 
is being circulated amongst the ton and it's attracting a lot of attention because it actually dares to list people by name. <laughs> Luckily for Daphne, she is declared the Diamond of the First Water, which is 19th century lingo for a bad bitch, I think. But yeah, yeah. Across the road, uh, the Featheringtons are introduced to their guest, Marina Thompson, who is poor and expected to be hideous, um, and a distant <laughs> cousin who's staying for the season. Turns out she's gorgeous. Enter Simon Bassett, i.e. the new Duke of Hastings, who is in town to sort his affairs after his father's death. Unfortunately for him, Lady Danbury has other ideas and insists that he attend the ball she is hosting that night. Matchmaking mamas beware. We then head to the opera, uh, where Anthony Bridgerton meets with his mistress, Sienna Russo. Did you recognize Sienna Russo? <laughs> I did. Oh my god! What the hell? Why does everything lead back to Poldark? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, she's absolutely stunning in this. So anyway, he discusses his dedication to his family and how he feels a duty to protect his sisters from the arse hats the Torn has to offer as potential husbands. Ball time! Titled, chaste, and innocent. This is what they have been raised and trained for since birth. Tonight we shall discover which young ladies might succeed at securing a match. Daphne makes a slow-mo entrance into the ball as an Ariana Grande cover plays in the background. Iconic. Iconic yes. <laughs> Immediately, she is swarmed by suitors, much to her mother's delight. Unfortunately, her chaperone, Anthony, bats them all down one by one. Fortune hunters and second sons are not welcome here. Also at the ball are the Featheringtons. Penelope watches Colin longingly as he dances with other women all <laughs> night. Poor Penelope. Including her actual cousin, <laughs> Marina, who has become a huge hit with the men at the party, inexplicably and off screen. I do not know how that <laughs> happened. Uh, much to the annoyance of Baroness Featherington, who doesn't need extra competition for her three very unmarried daughters. <laughs> Meanwhile, Daphne is fending off the awkward conversation skills of Nigel Pebrook. She rushes, rushes across the room trying to make her escape. Across the ballroom, the Duke arrives and is immediately crushed by giggling debutantes and their mothers. He too tries to make his escape, and exactly halfway into the episode, Daphne and Simon, otherwise known as the Duke, bump into each other. Literally. Simon assumes she is another desperate girl flinging herself at him and is quite rude to Daphne when she asks to be introduced. But fear not, Anthony turns out to be one of Simon's old friends from Oxford and introduces them. Anthony then persuades Daphne not to dance with anyone and insists that she should leave them wanting more and head home. Unfortunately for everyone, she actually listens. Uh, the next morning, Daphne wakes up and assumes she will have a swarm of suitors calling on her, but they're all at the Featherington house, swarming around Marina instead, which leads Lady Whistledown to declare that maybe the Queen was wrong <gasps> about Daphne, and maybe the jewel of the season requires closer inspection. Uh, Violet Bridgerton is having none of this nonsense, and following a good old gossip at the opera, conspires with Lady Danbury to prove Lady Whistleton down and about Daphne by setting her up with Simon, who, despite declaring he will never marry, is still the most eligible man in the aristocracy by a long shot. Uh, Simon is invited to dinner and is, of course, sat next to Daphne. Of course. They declare that they're not interested in each other. Of course. Um, but the sexual tension begs to differ. <sighs> Anthony realizes what his mother is doing and is pretty unhappy about it. He insists that Simon is not going to marry and that this is all going to end in disaster. And I don't think it's much of a spoiler if I suggest that he is correct. I mean, 
what do you get when you meet an emotionally unavailable man and a desperate singleton? Nothing good can come of this. No, no, no. Violet Bridgerton is 100% done with her son and reminds him that his duty is not to screw around with his mistress and rely on his bro- his brothers for an heir. Mm-hmm. She, she, she basically told his ass. Um, also, she's <laughs> invited Simon to Vauxhall Gardens with them tomorrow, whether he likes it or not. The next morning, Anthony breaks off his relationship with Sienna. Bye. It was nice knowing you. Um, Bye, girl. Daphne, realizing that all her prospects have dried up, also turns on Anthony. He's not having a great day. You have no idea what it is to be a woman. What it might feel like to have one's entire life reduced to a single moment. This is all I have been raised for. This is all I am. I have no other value. If I am unable to find a husband, I should be worthless. Lord Bearbrook decides that now that she is truly desperate, he's going to shoot his shot. Ugh. <sighs> the next night at Vauxhall, Anthony tells Daphne that he actually can't think of anything wrong with Nigel. So after receiving an offer, she is to <sighs> marry him. Daphne is, of course, not best pleased, it's fair to say. Honestly, somebody needs to take a horse whip to Anthony. Um, But... I digress. You know, I, I'm assuming that he is thinking, well, if I have to be miserable, so should everybody else. But I think he it's like more, you need to marry someone and this is the only option. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason why he's the only option is because what? <laughs> it's because of you, stupid twit. Anyway, uh, Colin runs into Penelope and asks after Marina. Sigh. Penelope tells him that Marina is, quote, sick, end quote, and at home with her mother. At the Featherington mansion, the Baroness learns that despite being in London now for over a month, Marina has not had her period. When confronted about this, Marina starts insulting her, which gets her slapped, dynasty style. Slapped! It was a slap (laughs) and a half. Capital S. Uh, Nigel's approach to wooing Daphne takes a dark turn at Vauxhall Garden, it's fair to say. He decides he needs to accost her alone in the dark. Of course. And when she rejects him, as was obviously going to happen, he gets pretty rapey pretty quickly. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thankfully, Daphne has three older brothers, so she sucker punches him to the ground. That is when (laughs) Simon finds them and Daphne begins like freaking out that she will be compromised if anyone finds her alone with both a duke and an unconscious Bearbrook just being like, marry me, (laughs) unconsciously. Uh, Somehow in this confusing conversation, I don't know how it happens, Simon thinks up of a scheme to help them both. We could pretend to form an attachment. With you in my arm, the world will believe I have finally found my duchess. Every presumptuous mother in town will leave me alone, and every suitor will be looking at you. Uh, And then they walk back into the public eye and begin waltzing together. And for extra metaphorical heavy-handedness, fireworks are going <laughs> off in the background. Just a subtle hint. The end. Yes. <laughs> okay. What were your first impressions? Oh, my lord. Um, I absolutely freaking loved it. It was beautiful. Um, I mean, the... The, the scenery, the costumes, dear lord, the costumes um, are exquisite. The Featheringtons are insane. Yes, I know. And I, I loved the introduction at court where the three girls walk into the room. And, you know, of course, they have difficulty getting through the door because they're all walking three abreast. Yes. Um, and the giant ostrich plumes on their heads 
I think it would be fine if it was just one person walking through the door. But for all three of them to be coming at you with these giant plumes on their heads, it was just like, oh my god. I just, I just, I really need to see Penelope in a colour that's not bright yellow or bright orange. I know. I'm just, what is going on? She doesn't need to look like citrus. No, she does not. Um, but uh, I, I just loved it. I loved it. Um, one of the things that I know we commented on uh, when we did the uh, David Copperfield uh, episode uh, just a, a few weeks back about the fact that this is a um, uh, multi-ethnic uh, casting of this piece. And so, you know, it's, it is so refreshing to see people that actually resemble me or, you know, members of my family, um, you know, interspersed within this, this, um, show and for them not to be maids or butlers or, you know, fill in the blank, you know, and it's not, I don't find it to be a distraction at all. No. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I am bought in hook, line and sinker, uh, for this. Um, but uh, I just, I just loved it. I loved it. How about you? I, oh my God. There was so much pressure on this to be good because <laughs> <laughs> I've been making everybody talk about this for a while. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You know, and and you've been you've been so excited about this for months and months and months. So you, can you see why? Yeah, can you see God, why? I can imagine if this thing had sucked. Oh my God! Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, there's still time, um, but so far, yeah, well, okay. of course. <laughs> I think about like three minutes in, I paused it. I think it was just after Eloise had screamed, Daphne make haste yes i was like oh this is perfect (laughs) this is this is exactly yes this this is it um yeah and just throughout i was blown away like all the characters are exactly how you imagine them and all of the music is like popping pop songs (laughs) um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like when thank you next started playing i was like oh my god this is how i would make something (laughs) Um, yeah, I was just so overwhelmed. Like, I don't know that I took anything in Aww. the first time I saw it. I was just like, oh my god, it's Penelope! Oh my god, it's this person! Um, You're just sitting there in the glow. You're in the glow. Yeah, going, oh, I'm, I'm so very happy. I'm so very happy. I'll watch it critically again in a little bit, but... Oh. <laughs> I was like not really sure what was going on. It was just like it's very pretty, and oh my god, when they got to Vauxhall Gardens and it actually looked like Vauxhall Gardens, and it wasn't like I know. You know how I took the piss out of Poldark? <laughs> oh yeah, there were like two yeah, extras, little... and it looked like it was done for like fifty quid down the back of someone's garden. Yeah. <laughs> we had fireworks. Yeah. We it... had a whole string quartet. I mean, it was it was off the charts. Also, I think it was done in the exact same location as the Poldark version, so I was like, lol. Oh, wow. Because um, I recognised <laughs> some of that. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, my God. I was just so, so happy and overwhelmed and yay. And um, I can't Aww. really talk intelligently about that. I was just happy. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about uh, the storylines. Daphne's entry into society. So this is a little bit different than how it's presented in the book because um, Daphne, Mm -hmm. when she meets Simon, it's actually her second season. Um, So we're, I think, starting from her first coming into society is actually really clever. I was like, when have you ever seen anybody being introduced at court in a period drama ever like you just don't really see it never and it's like such a particular um awkward (laughs) scenario Mm -hmm. that every one of these Mm -hmm. girls had to go through and i think it's a really good setup for like setting up what their priorities are um 
the pressure that they're under and all the different family dynamics mm-hmm. because like just in that tiny scene of them all getting into their carriages at the beginning you know that the featheringtons are insane and their mother is like borderline <laughs> evil and that daphne's mother has done a good job <laughs> oh gosh well um you know who plays um the mom in the featherington family one of my very favorite oh I adore her. Um, she was one of the leads in the HBO uh, drama or kind of a two season miniseries, uh, Rome, which is phenomenal and where I was introduced to um, half a dozen of my very favorite uh, British actors. Um, if, if you, if you, um, are totally cool with some pretty heavily heavy sexual content. It's a great series. I mean, you have to if you're about to watch this show, by the way. There's a load of shacking coming Oh, up. <laughs> well, you know, seeing the scene in the, um, in the uh. park, <laughs> I was just like, oh, 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 well. <laughs> I see. This is where we're going with this. This is a romance novel and, you know, the shagging is important. (laughs) Oh, yes. The shagging is epic. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm (laughs) totally... Was, was, yeah. Anyway. I love Lady Featherington and I think she is just the right kind of, like, terrible mother that is... um, going to probably emotionally damage her children but like not in an evil way Um, not in a oh let's make this a dark tragedy kind of way just in an mm -hmm. oh this is going to be slightly amusing for us but terrible for the daughters (laughs) it's like put down put down the popcorn dear do something to try and help your poor kids there was that line where she she told Penelope not to read the book because it was going yes. to muddle her thoughts. And I was like, okay. It's like, Penelope, you need to get away from this family as soon as possible. Oh, they all do, really. Um, oh, I know. I know. Um, Let's see. Uh, Daphne and Simon's romance. Yes. So, obviously, this was <gasps> the most cliche <laughs> meeting ever. They literally walked into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. They have amazing chemistry. <laughs> um, uh-huh. They do. They just they look do. at each other and you're like, swoon. Uh, Simon, in particular. <laughs> oh my god, Simon. Oh, sweet lord. There's that gif going around <laughs> Twitter of him licking a spoon that I'm just seeing out of context because uh-huh. I haven't seen that yet. And um, I'm not okay. <laughs> like, I don't think I can emotionally yes. handle this. <laughs> it's one of those moments where you're just sitting there yeah and your eyes are just following the, the, the spoon. spoon and you know if someone if someone were to come in to to say you know hey Rita you know you know blah 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 you know they if someone were to come in and say hey Michelle uh, I would be uh, like incapable of acknowledging them because I would be so transfixed on that spoon <laughs> I'm still thinking about it now, to be honest, and it's been a good 20 minutes since I saw it. Uh Um, So what do you think about them? Do you you buy into it? Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, and it's, it is the perfect, you know, it's the perfect Jane Austen romantic comedy, um, you know, construction. It's like the two of them, you know, can't stand each other. (laughs) And you get that like right away. And now they are in league with one another to try and put everybody off. But it's like, you know, (laughs) I mean, and I mean, the instant, the instant they started waltzing, you know, and he said, you know, look into my eyes, you know, we have to appear to be, you know, you know, madly in love and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, um, yeah, I'm there. (laughs) I'm totally there. So there. I love a good like 
we're fake it the, the cliche of like we're going to fake a romance exactly <laughs> like yeah because- how's that gonna work out for you kids hmm? i i honestly can't wait to see how it ends because you know desperate to watch this and you're torturing me by making me wait damn well, it um you gotta do this properly do it properly i'm gonna do it yes yes um and i mean the the minute that they started dancing uh and you know the fireworks were going off i was like oh i am what so a good in ending as well i'm like, in up to my hairline so bought in you just want to watch the next episode and you can't <laughs> exactly <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I, I was sitting there, you know, when the episode ended and you know how Netflix is where, you know, they immediately, you know, start the credits and then they have that little thing. Next episode in three, two, and like frantically banging away at it going, it was like, play credits, play credits, play credits. Don't hit the wrong button. Oh my God. So anyhow. So another storyline that was I guess established was the Lady Whistledown mystery, Gossip Girl for the 19th century. Um, yes. <laughs> this is such oh. a great hook for the show. And I remember when the trailer came out, that was how mm-hmm. they sold it. Do you have any idea who Lady Whistledown could be? Well, I know who she is, who they cast for her. Um, at least the voice, at least the voice. Um, I was initially thinking it was Lady Danbury. That's a good guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, Lady Danbury has an incredible voice, by the way. I just have to mention that. She announced you. I know. I know. (laughs) She's another one of my favorites. Um, and, uh. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's Lady Danbury. Okay, we'll keep a, a running <laughs> score or see who you think it is at the end. Yes. Um, um <laughs> Let us know who you let us know who you think it is. I know who it is, so Well um, The thing is with like this storyline really works if you know who Lady da- Whistledown is and if you don't know who Lady Whistledown is. Because I'm sort of watching it like going Awesome. Ooh, what's this person doing? <laughs> are they in the background of this scene? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I just know some stuff and it's great. And it's great that it works on two different levels because you can watch it as a mystery and you can still like enjoy it when you know the answer. Um, that's me oh, lording God. my knowledge over you. Over. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mean, mean person. Uh, Marina's bun in the oven. Ugh. Oh. Marina. Marina's a new character, so I have absolutely no idea mm-hmm. what's going on with this. Oh. <laughs> this okay. was when they announced that she was pregnant. I was like, oh snap. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I mean, initially I was thinking, okay, so she's you know absolutely perfect. You know, she's beautiful. She's charming. You know, everybody is falling over themselves to to try and get her attention. Um, and then the other shoe dropped. And I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. you. There's a fool here. We needed, we, you know, well, I mean, her character needs something to, to make her, you know, not a, not a trope. You know, not just a, you know, yes, of course, I'm perfect and blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. It's, I think it was, it was wonderful. Well, okay, it's not wonderful, but you know what I mean. I was like low-key hating her because she's getting in the way of Penelope and Colin being (laughs) (laughs) Not that Colin even knows this. We need to, we need to cosh Colin over the head. Colin, what are you doing, son? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Don't you know? Don't don't look at any of these other women. Uh, this one over here. With this plot twist is intriguing to me because it's like, oh, this isn't a love triangle. <laughs> like this isn't what this is. Marina's got her own thing going yeah. on, and I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Um, plot twist at the end of the episode. There was like <laughs> five minutes left, and there was suddenly like, oh yeah, and she's pregnant. <laughs> That's such a soap opera move. Yeah. I love it. Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> and they capped the scene off with a slap. I mean. <laughs> 
Yes. They acted that scene really well, or um, the actress playing Marina wound up with a sore cheek. (laughs) Because it looked like it hurt something fierce. I think if I was her, I'd be like, go on, do it, slap me. I just want to know what it feels like to be slapped by you. You're so fabulous. (laughs) Oh, man. So, anyhow, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. So, um, favorite scenes. I know we've already talked about one of them um, that you had noted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the three feathering sisters trying to get through one doorway, like all at the same time. <laughs> Just that whole thing. Hilarious. Also, they're all sitting in the carriage together. It's yes. like, that is designed for two people at most. What are you doing? <laughs> We're just going to cram all of that humanity and taffeta into one little feat. <laughs> And my one tip is to everybody just always watch Penelope's face whenever mm-hmm. there's a Featherington scene because she is either laughing or giggling in all of them. Yes. <laughs> and oh. nobody, like everybody else is being so dramatic and serious that she's just mm-hmm. being softly to herself. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Oh, um, um, the other the other character that I really like, and I know we're we're not talking about characters so much right now, but... Um, what is the name of Daphne's, uh, sister, the sarcastic one? Ooh, Eloise. Oh my oh. God. I love her so much. She is <gasps> very important to the fandom. We are all <laughs> oh. in awe of her. <laughs> I, I love her. I think seeing her in, on screen made me realize that, oh, I'm the Eloise of my family. <laughs> Just <laughs> trying to rile everyone up. <laughs> it's brilliant we love her oh gosh uh Uh, let's see violet and anthony's scene in his study yes Mm. i think to me that was like the acting performance of the episode i was like yeah there's so much nuance to this scene it sort of starts off with anthony being annoying as always and then it sort of turns into Violet sort of bristling against the patriarchy in a sense. She's like, my son is telling me how to run my family. Like, screw this. Uh-huh. And then, like, it's when she starts attacking him for yes. being a hypocrite, um, yes, and not doing his I was, duty. I was there. I was, uh, I was. I was there for it. It was delicious. But then I also, at the end, right, he looks so sad. I'm like, oh my god, my poor Anthony. Um, <laughs> It's just the scene where you're like, oh, you are both kind of correct in your own ways. Um, Mm -hmm. As much as Violet is standing up for Daphne and is correct, um, I do feel bad for Anthony because you get the sense that he is trying to do what he thinks is right and is just terrible at it. Yes. He can't process human emotion. He needs some (laughs) deep, deep therapy. (laughs) He's a nice person Poor. with great, great hair and um, uh, 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 and sideburns. Oh, he's got yeah, um, he's got the pointy sideburns. Oh my god, the scene where they're naked, like earlier in the episode, I was uh-huh. having a mental break. I was just not like it. Yes, I can't, I can't find words right now because <laughs> because it was a lot. It was a lot for me. Um, yeah, it, it was just so much pretty, so much pretty. <sighs> Oh god, this cast. <laughs> and uh, what are your favorite scenes? Oh my lord. Um I think um you know the the scene obviously where uh the duke and Daphne, you know, hatch their scene, you know that whole last scene I thought was great. Yeah. Um uh and I also loved the scene where Colin and Penelope wind up dancing. Aww. The height difference is so cute. I know. They're so adorable. I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. Um, just be together. <laughs> um, let me see. Um, I thought that um, the scene with... Oh, God. What the hell is his name? Um, Describe him. I will tell you. <laughs> it's the, the actor that plays the... Oh, Nigel, Jamie oh, Beanish. Yeah. Oh, he's got this like crooked smile thing going on that is just yeah. 
it's like scary shark teeth sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um he just takes a turn. At first you think he's ridiculous and then he's just menacing mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have underestimated him. He is mm-hmm. scary." Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Uh I and aside from the the scenes that you already talked about and I know that we've spoken about throughout the uh podcast so far, I, I it's hard to pick. It's really hard to pick. Yeah. It's it's just so good. It's so good. <laughs> There's so many set pieces as well because you get like the ball and then you get the opera scene mm-hmm. and then you get mm-hmm. like Vauxhall Gardens and they're all in the first episode. <laughs> like that, that would be like one party in one episode for most other periods. Exactly. And they're just like you know, exactly. They would sp- they would spread that opulence out over the course of you know the the eight episodes. But you know, it's like no, we just got. It's like we were we were getting the whipped cream straight from the can into our mouths. Just <laughs> just here. Have more and more and more. <laughs> oh God. It was it was delightful and uh please give me more. <laughs> please give me more. Was there anything that you like didn't enjoy? The plots or no um <laughs> big pause <laughs> uh you know i mean for me uh i i thought that the, i mean the show flowed so well uh and you know i was totally on board with everything i didn't find anything that i didn't like i th- maybe i'm just i'm just giddy and overexcited for new uh period drama uh but you know, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> let twenty, let let twenty twenty, let twenty twenty at least give me a freaking cherry on top of my Sunday. God damn it! <laughs> I think like first time through, I was the same. Um, mm-hmm. I rewatched it last night, and I think of mm-hmm. all the plots, I'm least invested in Marina's because she's a real non-entity to me. She barely had any dialogue mm. until the end. Um, but hopefully we get to know her more in the next few episodes. Like, it was obviously a decision um, to sort of keep her a little bit of a mystery on purpose. So it's like... Mm-hmm. Also, I don't really like the title sequence, but okay, that that's fine. <laughs> it's like a bit too computery for me. I can, the music's good, but... It, yeah, the music it, is great. It just looks a bit funny to me, but you know, whatever. I can skip over that. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can, we can, we can, we can work around that. Um, God. Um, you know, I think, you know, when we think about, um, when we think about favorite performances, and I know that we've spoken about a few of them so far. Um, are there any that? you know, were absolutely A1 number at the top, you know, oh my God, thank you, Lord, for giving me this. Julie Andrews, when she was cast, blew my mind. And then actually (laughs) seeing how they use her in the episodes, it's so good. There's something about her voice Mm -hmm. that, like, it just Mm -hmm. drips with disdain while sounding very cheery and it's like a skill I never knew she even had (laughs) she can make things sound really (laughs) awful and it's amazing Uh, I think there's also like a double entendre about her as well that you're just like Julie Mm -hmm. Andrews are you making a joke about what I think you're making a joke about Just... You sassy girl. <laughs> it's delightful, <laughs> and I love it. Um, yes, yes. But in terms of actual performances we see on screen, it will come to as as a as a surprise to nobody who follows me on Twitter. Uh, my favorite performance was Jonathan Bailey as my boy, my son Anthony Bridgerton. Because <laughs> um, I think it's a really tough thing to do to make Anthony sympathetic. There are so many times when you just want to smack the boy around the head. Mm-hmm. He's literally ruining Daphne's entire life. <laughs> but he's like, no, this is fine. <laughs> this is great. 
great. This is an A+. Plus. This is going exactly how I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. But he's like somehow managed to infuse all of his scenes with huge pathos and he looked mm-hmm. like he was crying with his mum was telling him off. My poor boy. I know. Uh, and he, that <laughs> excites me because he will be the main character for season two. And I'm like, oh, they are setting his storyline oh. up in the first episode oh, awesome. of the season before. There is like thinking and planning. Planning. Awesome. When has that ever happened? Oh my god. You mean, you mean there's a story arc? I think so. <laughs> Um, I love Penelope. Um, I, I, I heart her so much. Um, and Eloise, um, I'm wondering what's going to happen with, um, Sienna, excuse me. Now that, now that she's been, you know, dumped by Anthony, sorry about that early morning frog. Um, Lady Danbury. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Yes. Just give me all of the Lady Danbury. Oh. She could read mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like the phone yes. book to yes, me. please. I'd be like, tell me more, Lady Danbury. <laughs> yeah, I think the first time I, I saw her was in an episode of Doctor Who. Again. You know. Everybody's been in Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. And um, she plays Martha Jones's mom, who is just not a fan of the Doctor at all. Um, but, uh, I just, I fell in love with her. I thought she was just so good and so fascinating. And so I'm thrilled to see much more of her, honestly. I mean, the cast's flawless. There's so many, there's so many, like, older female performances in here that are, like, you're just blown away by, because you don't really see that in many TV shows these shows are not written no. for women mostly and they're definitely not written for older ladies mm-hmm. so to watch scenes with like queen charlotte or lady danbury oh, it's just like yay mm-hmm. yes please give me all of the ladies being ladies together i mean i could watch mm-hmm. um um violet bridgerton plot <laughs> with lady danbury <laughs> They're, like, they're so convinced that they're like, yeah, we'll just, I'll make some Grooseby pie and invite him around for dinner. And they'll be married next week. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, no, I I just, just give me more. Give me, give me, just give more. me more. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was another Britney Spears reference. How many bees would you give this show out of five? And I realise that unlike the tricorns method we have used previously, you do not understand the bee reference, but you will, hopefully. Soon? Okay. Um, Because, you know, I hear bees and I think, you know, the queen. Queen bee, bee, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yes. Uh, So I'm picturing little Beyonce heads. I'm picturing little Beyonce heads when I talk about how many bees. Anyway, um, I would give it five. Me too. <laughs> Yay. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would give it five. I mean, it was an absolutely brilliant first episode. Sort of masterclass of television, um, making you uh-huh. want to watch all of it in yeah. one go. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I hate, I hate sitting here and... Not watching more of it. Yeah. <laughs> and what cracks me up is, you know, like when, when, you know, Poldark was on, you know, this is how we got it. We got it one episode at yeah, a time. Yeah, but you didn't really want more than one at a time with Poldark. <laughs> Maybe in season one. Oh, but like now, when it got now, really now. dramatic, could you have handled it? Season one, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, after after season one, it's like you needed you needed a break to kind of recover <laughs> because everything was just so wonderful and perfect in season one, and then everything just it was turns it was like ri- you but, can't um, <laughs> have that many riots that close together. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a riot every week. Anyway, <laughs> off to inbox. Well, let's see. Um, yeah, and we've got some. We've got a um, 
message from Beth. Uh, so, dear podcast queens. Oh, my goodness. Uh, um, I love your period drama commentary. I can't wait to hear you dig into Bridgerton. I have not read the books. Thank you, a sister. Um, but I binged this show in two days. Oh, God, I'm so jealous. Oh, God. Uh, the costumes are wonderful. The dancing and horseback riding were fabulous. The fireworks and luminaries were fun. And now I had to redact parts of this emails for potential spoilers. And it, this is my bad, you guys. You know, I didn't tell you. I'm trying to keep Michelle spoiler free. But don't worry. If you do allude to them in emails because I will be vetting them. And um, <laughs> there might be whole emails where it's just like, hello, redacted. Bye. <laughs> but they will happen. And I will drum my heels on the floor <laughs> in frustration. Let's see. Uh, it goes on. Uh, sexual virtue culture is so damaging to women and children, even today in many parts of this planet. Thank you for creating such quality content. Happy New Year, Beth. Well, happy New Year to you as well. That was our one and only uh, email. But please email us at BridgertonFanCast at gmail.com. I can't say Bridgerton too quickly. I have to enunciate. <laughs> um, we have a Tumblr ask box as well that you can send anonymous com comments to. Um, but email. Nice. But email. It's easier. Okay. Now let's read the description for episode 102. Yes. Um, the episode is called Shock and Delight. Ooh. And the episode description reads as follows. Simon's apparent courtship of Daphne angers her brother Anthony <laughs> and threatens to ruin the arrangements he's made. Maria opens up to a curious Penelope. Okay. God. That is Come on now. Really, really freaking vague. Um, oh, yeah. What are you most yeah. looking forward to in the next episode other than just seeing it with your eyeballs? <laughs> um, I want to learn more about what's going on with Marina. I know you said it's, you know, wasn't as interesting to you, but the the pregnancy aspect has kind of raised an eyebrow. I think I just wasn't very interested <laughs> go, in Marina, like, because mm. she didn't say anything. She, mm -hmm. just, she was just pretty. And now I'm like, oh, there's, there's, a, hmm. there's a rebellious side to you, Marina, that I'm now intrigued by. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so I'm interested to find out more about uh, Marina. Very curious about why Anthony is foisting <laughs> um, Daphne on that horrible, horrible man. I mean, I think he's doing this because of, you know, that scene on horseback where she's like, this is all I've been raised to do. All I need to do is get married, blah, blah, blah. And she makes him feel like real, sh real shitty that she has no prospects. So he's like... Okay, I'll get you married then. <laughs> and he picks the worst person. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, dude, seriously, it, what the fuck? It's like that classic male thing where you tell them how you're f feeling and then they go and try and solve your problem for you. And then it's like, I didn't need you mm -hmm. to solve the problem. I needed you to be sympathetic. What you have done mm -hmm. has now made it worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like not helping, not helping at all. Um, but tune in next week where I will still make excuses for Anthony because he is just so pretty. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> and of course, I'm very eager to see how um, uh, Simon and Daphne continue to, to work on this scheme of theirs. Because you know they're going to have to get together to, to kind of talk details about kind of how to proceed and of course those conversations are going to be you know absolutely chock-a-block of sexual tension as well so i'm just i just just give it to me now and i'm glad that we're we've finally done this so i can go and watch episode two now yes. i will probably be late putting up the episode because i really want to watch the second one. <laughs> oh gosh how about you I want to see more Simon and Daphne flirting. Yes. I want Anthony to take his shirt off again. <laughs> I want Marina to be more interesting now and Penelope to have something to do other than stare at Colin because as much as I do appreciate 
that whole thing it makes my heart hurt yes um, i want to see her say sentences mm-hmm. to other people <laughs> yes yes yeah oh gosh I, it'll be wonderful watching her care her character blossom it really will oh yeah so oh penelope my heart i know i know well, gang, uh, that is all from us this time, but we'll be back next week recapping and discussing the second episode. Until then, you can follow us on social media. We are at Bridgerton Fancast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can email us at BridgertonFancast at email.com or go to our message page on Tumblr. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review uh, the podcast because it really helps us reach a larger audience. Thank you so much for listening and you will hear from us next week. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.